0: welcome to this week's episode of chicago the building of a fashion capital i'm cameron your host this week we met with freddie brooklyn from the howard brown health center in chicago and we talked about the broadway youth center and the intersectionality of fashion identity and gender all right so howard brown health center was founded in 1974 and is now considered the nation's largest lgbtq organization With multiple locations across Chicago, Howard Brown serves the LGBTQ community by offering primary medical care, behavioral health care, research, HIV and STD prevention, youth services, elder services, and community initiatives. In the summer of 2015, Howard Brown Health was named the only federally qualified health center in Illinois focused on the health needs of the LGBTQ population. And today we're meeting with Freddie Brooklyn, the Youth HIV Prevention Program Manager and Voices Project Manager at the Broadway Youth Center. So, Freddie, can you start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and your experience?
1: Um, Yes, well, just to start off, like since um, I think the last time we talked, I've been promoted to the Associate Director of Quality and Best Practice for Youth Services at the Broadway Youth Center. Um a program of Powerburn Health. Um I've been working in this field since about two thousand seven, um where I was hired on to be a social networks recruiter because of the fame that I had as a drag queen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um through that I was hired on permanently through Sixty Street Community Health Center where I was got hired as a health educator. I've been working um in HIV prevention, you can honestly say, for about thirteen years now. And yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Um so are you a Chicago native or a transplant?
1: Um, I'm actually from, I'm actually Puerto Rican. Um, I migrated to Milwaukee, Wisconsin as a child and I moved here to Chicago about three and a half years ago to specifically work on this project for trans and non youth.
0: Nice. Um, how did you get into the youth programming at the Broadway Youth Center?
1: Um. I Well, through working in the HIV prevention field in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I, I traveled around the country a lot to different national HIV conferences, and I always heard about Howard Brown Health and the work that they were doing with trans people and non-binary people, since so I'm a non-binary person myself, and I was always fascinated with the work that they were doing. Um, I applied for a couple positions at Howard Brown, but um, one of the managers had told me um, to wait for another position that they thought I was more qualified for and when the position opened up for the trans and gender nonconforming conforming um, Youth program coordinator. I applied and they offered me the position back in 2017
2: Were you living in Chicago at that point or were you living in Milwaukee?
1: I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, oh, wow. but I I was working um, as a drag queen in Boys Town, Which that's how I was familiarized with the area and that's how I, I found a love for Chicago itself. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> What is the Broadway Youth Center's mission? Um, our mission is
1: to uh, um, relieve health disparities to LGBTQ youth, street-based youth, and homeless youth um, through wraparound resources, such as a drop-in center um, providing um, holistic care to like the whole person, not just part of the person. Um, through social justice work transformative justice and restorative justice harm reduction frameworks
0: cool what projects are important to the broadway youth center like what are you guys working on right now
1: um so pretty much like with my program um we're federally funded through the cbc ps seventeen seventeen o four. um it's a project that aims specifically um to provide hiv prevention tactics to um trans that are not conforming youth of color between the ages of 12 to 29 years old. Um, We also offer a a GED program, um, which we allow the young people to move through that program at their own pace. Um, So then that way we can help them graduate from high school so that way we can push them into our vocational program, which um, helps people get on the job practices, um, helps them find permanent um, employment, and helps people get into college. yeah, we have a our full drop-in center, which is the heart of Broadway Youth Center. We utilize that program to feed into like a lot of the other programs that we have going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, kind of like our mental health program, where we have healing specialists and a psych nurse that works with young people to uh, help them figure out different ways to, to cope with trauma. Um, and things like that. We have a, a full primary care clinic for young people to come in um, if they have insurance or they don't have insurance. We're a federally qualified health center, which means that we can provide them um, care um, even if they don't have means to pay, which is really, really awesome. And through private funding, we're able to see all people um, for free or on a sliding fee scale as well.
0: Awesome, and you just kind of touched on this, but what other services does the Broadway Center provide?
1: Um, we are, oh, Besides the ones I just said, we also offer a resource advocacy program, um, which we're able to bring in young people and um, evaluate them to see what types of need that they're in, um, so that way we can help them out with um, finding permanent housing, or if they're already housed, helping them pay rent for months, so that way they can get on their feet. Um, we have a utility client assistance program where we're able to help young people pay for um, any utilities they have. because We know a lot of young people sometimes, a lot of the ones that we work with, um, our street-based youth, so a lot of them re- rely on sex work. So we try to try alleviate a lot of those things. So that way, they don't have to go put their sexual health at risk by doing sex work, and we're able to pay for a lot of these day-to-day things. So that way, we can help them stay afloat. Um, we offer free cell phones to young people, and we pay them off for like five months in advance. So that way, they're able to go out and apply for jobs and have a way for them to connect um, with them. So that way, they can start working. Um, we have shower services. We have a sleeping room. Um, We have a laundry facility where young people are able to come and wash their clothes. We have a full clothing closet. Um, We also have a pantry where we offer food and things like that to young people. We offer top box services in which young people are able to get a month's worth of groceries delivered to their house on a monthly basis. Yeah, Yeah, we have like an array. And then we have also the STI HIV um, prevention program, which offers free STI HIV prevention care and screenings.
2: So it's almost like it's almost like Broadway Youth Center is is like a lifeline to these uh, young individuals that have no resource or have no direction. You guys come in, do an assessment on them and try to understand where you guys can come in and fill in the need that they're looking to get.
1: Exactly. We're like we're always trying to like fill in that gap for young people because we notice that a lot of the young people that come to us. A lot of them are kicked out of their homes or forced out of their homes to stay on the street just because of the identity that they, that they have, either LGBTQ or trans or conforming. So we know that they're coming with nothing. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of them all, like their mental health, their physical health, and then just them as a person, um, yeah, through the services that we offer.
2: Now, do you get to meet, uh, their, their like, if these, if these uh, young people, they come and they utilize the services at any given point, is there a breakthrough with parents in regards to accept, acceptance of their identity, or how does that, is that something that you guys experience at all? Like, we uh,
1: tend to offer a lot of services to young people to help them cope with, like, trying China- to like, relink back with their family. Yeah. A lot of times, like, if if the young people want us to help step in and be that mediator, like, we're we're, we're willing to do that, but we don't don't go out looking for that unless the young people ask us for it. Sure.
2: Sure.
0: Right. Speaking about identity, do you believe that identity is important in today's world? Why or why not?
1: Yeah, I believe identity is really, really important because... um, People, it's like, people now that we see through, like, research and through studies, like, a, like, identity is something that's really, really important to people. Like, a lot of young people, like, or some young people that we know have, like, committed suicide just because they weren't able to be their authentic selves, like, 100% of the time. And that's how we see, like, through the suicide rates have fallen when they see that young people are affirmed and are able to live authentically as the gender or the identity that they want to be.
0: Mm-hmm
2: and also you see a lot more productivity you see a lot more drive a lot more determination and then you also see a lot of confidence right self-esteem right like
1: all of that stuff like better mental health young people are like can take care of themselves like physically like you should see like sometimes when young people come in they come in off the streets and we have like a, a clothing closet like full of clothes like affirming clothes for like women Men or non-binary people, like anything in between, like on the whole gender spectrum, and when they're able to come in and pick out things that make them feel comfortable and they put them on, you can see the light that shines through right. them and through their face and their smiles when
2: they're, when they're affirmed with the clothing that they can present to the world. Yeah, now, now, now in, in regards to Howard Brown and Broadway Youth Center, I think I think uh, you guys have grown significantly in this short period of in a short period of time. Do you think that people are embracing more of an identity-based uh, versus sort of like a collective sort of uh, representation of who one person is? Does that make sense, that question?
1: One more time, repeat it for me. Well, no,
2: I, I guess my, my question is, is that do you think that the world is moving where we are getting more appreciated and respected for our identity versus uh, being for a, a, a part of a group? I think that we're, like, making great strides when it
1: comes to, like, gender identity and identity of people compared to, what, like, 10, 20 years ago. Especially now with, like, the whole trans movement that's going on, like, in in the mainstream, like, scene right now. Um, I think that with Howard Brown, like, people are noticing that the work that we're doing... And we've grown pretty rapidly. We're in like eleven locations across the city right now, as opposed to like what four or five years ago, we only had the youth center and two other locations. Which means that, like through through donations and things from funders and stuff like that, people are seeing that the work that we're doing, how important it is, right. for us to keep on pushing our narrative.
2: Right, right. I mean, then and then and then in regards to identity, I mean, uh, we've been working uh, with Howard Brandt and you uh freddie uh for trans media fashion and and that experience has also opened the doors for a trans and gender non in corporate in the corporate environment
1: yeah we're so happy to be working with you and then also too like how we had that partnership with granger that's right. opened up so many doors for howard brown Health, especially like us working with trans media and fashion um it, it's able it's able for us to sh- like Showcase the program that we 're working on, and also showcase the youth that we work with and give like help boost their self-esteem and people see that, and they know that it 's a necessity, especially with the with the marginalized communities that we work with
2: yep i think I think one of the first experiences I had with transmedia and i don 't you know and this was probably uh, years ago uh, uh, when I did a a model call up in Oak Park, Illinois, and I was at a salon called savvy Salon and I had maybe uh, 12 to 15 people come in, visit me at that call, and one of them was a young lady, and she came, she submitted her application, and she left her gender undefined. And I looked at her and I said, Are you, I said, why did you leave this undefined? And she's like, well, I'm trans. And I said, well, how do you classify yourself, male or female? And then she says, I, I classify myself as a female. And I said, well, put female down. Because at the end of the day, we're looking to make sure that there's co-branding with fashion designers and models. And I think um, representation is important. And I think that, that now with trans media, we're actually being able to show a lot more uh, representation when it comes to trans and gender nonconforming
1: oh yeah Yeah. I'm really really happy that we all came in contact with each other
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) Um,
0: so does fashion help identity when it comes to gender one more time I broke up a little bit does fashion help identity when it comes to like your gender identity
1: Oh yeah, like gender identity is what you're what you're what you're showing to the world. Like most of the time. So through clothing we're able to express how we're feeling on the inside. Um yeah, that's what we always try to push. I don't know if you guys ever heard of like the gender bred the gender person where like um sex is like the organs that you use to, to have sex and then um, gender identity is what, which, which is actually on the outside or like the dressing you put on the gingerbread person to actually show off to the world like who you are. Mm-hmm. You know that through clothes people identify you as well. So usually like, oh, that's a man, that's a woman, depending on the clothes that you're wearing. But everybody always sees out the non-binary part. And when they like, I think fluid people mainly like they they're able to express themselves fully when it comes to fashion.
0: Definitely, I I feel like fashion and gender have become more intertwined recently. Yeah. Um, do you think that the Chicago fashion industry is important to the trans and gender non-conforming community?
1: Yes, I think that the fashion industry is really important to our community because through, through fashion, we're able to show um, people like how, how to express themselves and i don't even know like i've seen a lot of the the new lines and stuff that are coming out a lot of it is uh, non-binary things like that and a lot of people move towards fashion so it's just like it's just it's just good to see that like fashion designers now are are thinking outside the box and not putting people into boxes if that makes any sense
0: yeah no definitely (laughs) i definitely agree with that it's always nice to see media and bigger corporations becoming more inclusive amen (laughs) How has the trans and gender non-conforming community been influenced by inclusive, inclusive fashion media, and why is inclusivity in fashion, in the fashion industry, so important?
1: I, just, I think inclusivity is just important in the fashion industry because if we're not being inclusive, people you're leaving out a whole population. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that—that's that, the one. That's just like the one, the one main point that like. For me, and I just feel like fashion media and how it's influ- influenced and how it's so inclusive. I feel like a lot of us, a lot of LGBTQIA people, are usually the ones that are walking in these fashion shows or wearing these clothes. So it's it's good that fashion designers in the fashion industry is catching up to what gender identity is, and also being able to affirm the people that are in their shows.
0: Yeah, yeah I I agree with that.
2: I mean, I, I think I think years ago, I remember probably about ten years ago when H&M did a, a study. And in that study, they, they 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 created a gender fluid line, and the gender fluid line or the genderless line that they created was very boxy, very baggy, and shapeless. And so, so you know, my you know, I my background is in marketing. So when I when I read that article, I thought to myself, you spent so much money on creating this uh, research and and investing in this new line that is uh, classified as gender fluid, but yet the simplest thing to do is get rid of all the size tags off of these clothes and just put true measurements on there and have people pick clothes based on measurements and how it fits their body. Yeah. That'd be the easiest way to do it. But spending a lot of money is not a priority. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: Um, So Freddie, what are your goals for the next five years and where do you see the Broadway Youth Center in five years?
1: At least now with the Broadway Youth Center, we're about to move into our thirteen million dollar home, July first of this year. Um, we're we'll be moving into a five year, the five year five level um, building on Irving Park in Sheridan, which is really really cool. Um, for so for the Broadway Youth Center, I know we're we'll be moving into this building. Hopefully, fully utilizing the whole building over the next five years, and crossing my fingers, hoping that we move into like a permanent housing. Um, type facility where we're able to like house young people that are coming that are homeless that's what my, my prayers are for the broadway youth center <laughs> and for myself in the next five years i'm hoping that the broadway youth center like since we opened up a, a smaller drop-in on the south side of chicago on 79th california where we operate two days a week i'm hoping that in the next five years that i'll be the director of a south side broadway youth center
0: <laughs> yeah that would be awesome yeah um, so those are all the questions that I had if we kind of just want to, like, talk now.
2: Yep, yep. And then we also know... Uh, well, thank you for that, uh, Freddie. Uh, we also know that we've been working on Fashion Week uh, activities with, with uh, the Broadway Youth Center now for about three years. So we're looking uh, We're looking forward to doing these shows again in April. And there's a possibility that you guys will be engaging in April for Fashion Week, right?
1: Yeah, most, like, m- most definitely. As long as, like, we're able to, to abide by COVID-19, um, Rule. restrictions and things like that, how the world is opened up, like, we'll, we'll be there. Yep. It was just so sad that last year, like, since COVID came in, we had to push things back. A lot of young people were looking forward to the fashion show. Like, even through COVID, they kept on hitting my inbox asking when the fashion show was going to be, and I had, I was like, once COVID relieves itself, we'll be able to get back to this, and I'm just so happy that things are looking on the up and up right now. Yeah. And that April 22nd is getting so close, and I'm so excited.
2: I think I think it's going to be, <laughs> it, well, this show is, is going to be really sort of, unique because, I mean, you know, uh, you know, because we're dealing with COVID, the number of shows that we're going to, the number of designers that we're going to be working with is going to be reduced down to about 10 designers. And uh, for Transmedia Fashion, which is scheduled for April twenty-second, uh, Fashion Bar is actually creating a whole upcycle collection for the show. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to start working on that collection in the next couple of weeks. And what we've done is we've gone to, uh, consignment stores and we've gotten a ton of flannel shirts and we're going to create a whole fall line with these flannel shirts to create the upcycle collection. And, and we'll probably start fittings, uh, probably within the next month or so. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so this is going to be a really unique sort of uh, experience in April. So we're working, you know, and, and we're like like uh, like you said, we're going to be working together to make sure that we follow the COVID requirements based on city and state, and and really uh, implement social distancing and so forth.
1: I love it. I just want to see what this whole upcycle thing looks like, and then moving forward, like this whole thing with COVID has made us think outside the box. So who knows? what the future can look like. We probably could still have the in person fashion show and then just be broadcasting it across the world.
2: Yes yeah.
1: virtually, which is really, really awesome that we're afforded this experience.
2: Absolutely, absolutely and the, and the hope I think, I think the hope is is that when it comes to fashion, when it comes to identity, the hope is is that you know the city of Chicago and we get some significant representation with with the, with the lifestyle that we sort of envision our city to have, and that 's an inclusive a culturally driven and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and it has a lot of ethnic uh, representation in it, in it you're right right, and so our goal is, is basically making sure that we can celebrate Chicago for all of the uniqueness that it brings. Uh, when it comes to identity.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Chicago, the building of a fashion capital. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at fashion bar Chicago and to tune into our next episode for more about the Chicago fashion scene. Love the fashion raise the bar.